when they come in for their assessment saying, you know what, I used to love working out and then I don't know what happened, I lost it. Oh, and man, then I started yeah. working out and then I lost it. And then I started working out again and then I lost it. And do you know how hard it is to work out when you don't want to work out? It's impossible. It's literally impossible. Like you will not do it long term. So if you don't find a way, it's a serious issue. If you don't find a way to actually love working out, you are not going to do it long term. 100%. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fat Pratt Chat, and this is episode 8.5. My name is John, and as per usual, I am happy to be here, and I hope you can all say the same. So, why episode 8.5? Well, we recorded the last episode, and it went pretty long, and a lot of the material at the beginning of the episode, which you'll hear now, relates to the Super Bowl, and being that this is Super Bowl week, we just came off of Super Bowl Sunday. I thought it appropriate to put out an episode 8.5 before our next episode 9 this week. So this is like a bonus short episode for you all. Um, and it'll alleviate some of your listening time from the next episode that came up because it ran a little bit long. So uh, here's what's in today. As I just told you, Super Bowl and the eating habits that come along with it. All right. So it's not so much an attack on what you guys ate during Super Bowl, but it's like our thoughts and James' thoughts on strategies of how to minimize the loss of the day and assume that you're probably going to lose that day when it comes to your health and fitness and specifically your calories. So we both talk about like where we land on that. Um, and then as a whole, like the mindset of like uh, if you're going to lose a little bit, you might as well just go all in and just lose a ton. And what I mean by lose is um, basically just go completely off the rails uh, of your health, fitness, diet, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to talk about like that mindset, how to minimize uh, the damage being done on those events, yet still be able to enjoy yourself. James will give kind of his personal strategy of the day. I'll give a little insight into my personal strategy of the day to where we both came to a point where, yeah, we probably didn't make great fitness progress on the day. We probably ate more than we should. We probably ate food we shouldn't have eaten or maybe shouldn't have eaten as much of that food, I should say. Uh, but at the end of the day, we didn't take a huge loss, uh, unlike some other points in my life where I, I would have taken a massive loss on a day like that. So you'll understand what that means as you get there. And then we also talk about staying motivated to work out. So uh, I don't know if I want to spoil too much about this. Um, this could be a whole other episode in itself. I think we actually just scratched the surface on this. But basically, to sum it up a little bit, um, we talk about people who are extremist minded when they come to their workouts and it's not a sustainable strategy to stay motivated and we also talk a little bit about why our custom programs uh, facilitate you staying motivated as being basically a blend of what you like to do and what we think you need to do and we're going to take both those things and try to create the best program possible that you will get results but you will also enjoy at least mostly enjoy because not everything that will get you results uh, will be always enjoyable. All right, so the only other thing I want to say is just a reminder that there is a link in the show notes to go take a survey, a very, very short survey, should take you less than a minute, um, to give feedback about this podcast to make it better for you. Any feedback is welcome, especially the feedback you put in the open-ended box about like anything you have to say. Um, of course, you can always just grab me on the floor as somebody just did today on the training floor that is when I'm coaching out here. Just kind of pull me aside, tell me you know, things you like, things you don't like, recommendations. I would love to hear any of that to try to apply it to the podcast and make it better for all of you. I have not got enough form submissions yet through the link to see a pattern emerge to make a change, if that makes sense to you all. So the more that you listen to this and you want to um, give some feedback, please just continue to do so. Okay, that's enough of me. Here is episode 8.5. Looks like my mic's working. 
We should have check, Eminem. Check, I'm ready. Eminem's going to perform at halftime of this show. That's right. <laughs> Stay tuned. 22 minutes and 30 seconds from now, Eminem's coming on to perform. Very upset about the fact that he only got one song. I was hoping they were going to play. I figured they would play all of his hits, which were never really my top choice of songs I would listen to. But getting one song I thought was a disservice to him. I what, do. Is there time to play all of his hits? Doesn't he have a lot of hits? Yeah, but I so mean, you give thought me, they were going to play no, all no, his no, hits? No, 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 no. But um, maybe one of the cooler, more aggressive songs. Uh, the Way I Am would have been, I would have been happy to hear that. Is it just that they had to take too many curse words out for probably, TV? Probably. Yeah, they probably had to pick the one um, with the least amount of edits. The, mo- the more recent Zeus. Plus, if you think about you're putting Eminem on stage in front of everybody, what song do the masses know? Because everyone's watching. True. So are you going to play a song that... Fans of Eminem and non-fans are watching, so... Yeah. Mm. But the, the big fans are probably disappointed in Lose Yourself, like, predictable. Um, and they probably wanted some more Eminem time. But all that being said, I'm happy with what they did with Dre and Snoop Dogg. You know, I didn't watch any of the halftime show. Yeah. Because well, I was driving my kids home at that yeah, point. Because you were listening to, like, Aerosmith or the Rolling Stones. No, I was listening to my kids cry in the car because they had had too many... <laughs> Chips and sweets and candy and all sorts of stuff that they don't normally eat. So and you, it was way past their bedtime. You go on, you go on car rides when you need to get your kids out of the house. Right? No, that's not true. Well, not anymore. I thought that was a tactic you used, which I I thought so, to be yeah, very. So original. sometimes to give my wife a break, if there's nothing like to particularly do or or anywhere to go, and you don't want to spend money again like on something to do or go, then you just go for a car ride, and buckle up, everybody. Wow, Let's with go. No respect for the gas prices, I see. Oh, gas prices is cheaper than most things. Yes. Unless that car ride turns into four hours. No, usually usually it was when they were really little and, you know, there wasn't much you could do with them anyway. Like, are you going to go to a coffee shop and let them scream there? Or are you just going to let them cry in the car and drive and hope they shut up at some point? <laughs> so now it's not so much a car ride thing. Now we actually go places. We actually do things. But this particular time, we were just leaving somebody's house uh, a few minutes before halftime just because of bedtimes. And then by the time we were home and by the time the kids were in bed, halftime was over and it was third quarter. So I didn't see any of it. So the car is timeout for your kids. So which might be worse for your kids getting into a car than like a dog going to the vet. No. All right, kids, let's go to the mall. <laughs> no, I'm not getting in the car. <laughs> when, if, if, the, if the car were timeout, it was when they were too young to understand the concept of timeout. So their t- timeouts weren't a thing. By the way, we found out this week John is one of the worst fathers in the world because he gives his kids sugar, or at least that's what his excuse was, to take the majority of the candy out of the office and take it Whoa. off so I couldn't have it. This wasn't just candy, people. This, <laughs> these were Sydney's homemade Oreo balls for Valentine's Day with red, pink, and white frosting on them, and they were delicious. And James tried to steal them out of my hand. They were in my hand, and he tried to take them out of my hand. That's not true either. <laughs> Both of these stories are somewhat false. But what is true is John gives his kids sugar, which, I don't know, I can't think of a worse thing to do if you're a dad, basically. Like, it, like what, what, what could you do worse than give your kids sugar? T- put them in the car for a car ride? <laughs> Official worst father of the year, John. Man, well, I hope your habits of sugar eating don't carry over to your kids because then you will by far be the worst father ever. I just don't want them to go down the same path that I did. Uh, so wow, instead, to kind instead of, of bribing you, will you, if, if you can on, name wait, that wait, song wait, wait, that wait, that wait, line's wait. from, I'd, I'd 20 bucks to someone who could name what I just said in the song that's from. Related uh, to the I'm Super Bowl. Get it. I, I want to know, will you bribe your kids with McDonald's the way that you were bribed as a kid? Ooh. Previous episode. Yeah. Throwback. Well, if, if McDonald's 
does a 10 out of 10 service of bribery for me and their current activity deserves like a, a level 10 intervention, then yeah, I think McDonald's is the choice. <laughs> Genetically speaking, it will work. <laughs> it will most definitely work. Uh, uh, all, right. all right. Well, it's, so so if you haven't caught caught it, this is post Super Bowl, and by the time you hear this, it'll be about a week post Super Bowl. So, what are your thoughts on? Are we going there first? Mm. Super Bowl? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, in terms of Super Bowl, what I find what I find really interesting is people's Super Bowl behavior, and it reminded me a lot of any of these holidays that anybody has where the day of the holiday, it's just a disaster of calories and and zero activity and stuff like that. And sometimes it leads to other days. So I've been trying to be a little bit more aware of the amount of protein I'm consuming on a daily basis. That's my number one thing right now. I'm trying to get to 200 grams of protein every day. And I knew I was going to eat a lot of food on Super Bowl Sunday. So long story short, what I think could work for some people, and I, I know other members that have done things similar to this, is if you know you're going to eat a lot on a particular night, you just eat a little bit less throughout the day and or nothing. So what I did on Super Bowl Sunday is I worked out. I had just chicken bef- uh, three hours or so before the Super Bowl, and then I ate and drank the night of the Super Bowl, but I had a glass of water uh, between every drink, so I think I had two. I think I had two beverages. And then I tried to eat as much shrimp as possible, which was on the menu. And with that being said, I was actually really happy with my performance from a calorie standpoint on Super Bowl Sunday than I was in the past or at other events or uh, gatherings or holidays. So I think if there's something for the members to take away from something like this is that you can still have your night and go out to dinner, and you can have fun during the holidays, and you can have a big Super Bowl party and all that good stuff, uh, but you potentially have to just make some modifications to the day because um, you're, you're probably not going to win. You're not going to be in a calorie deficit. And you're not going to get leaner on that particular day, but you can negate the loss. You know, why lose 50 to nothing when you could lose 30 to 28? You know, a loss is – some people have been, oh, sports, a loss is a loss. It's not when it comes to calories. Those calories count, and then they play their role throughout the whole week and the whole month and the whole year. So if you could just lose that day, if a a calorie surplus is considered a a loss and a calorie deficit is considered a win, you could still lose, but cut down on that loss because the lack of losing by a large amount of points could potentially add up to a lesser loss slash win. (laughs) I think that made perfect sense. (laughs) I, I followed that. Um, so I think that's that's huge for things like uh, for those one-day events that everyone's like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I ate 7,000 calories. I feel horrible on Monday morning, and I feel horrible about myself, and I feel like I have no discipline. <laughs> I was like, you, you know, like it's okay. Like go do your thing on Sunday night. But if you really want to like negate the drawbacks of a one-day behavior, then like, you know, work around the clock. You have 23 other hours in a day. Make sure you get your workout in that day. Eat a little bit less. Make sure you get enough protein. Um and then, like, I don't know, drink some water in between your drinks or in between your meals because you'll fill up a lot faster. A um, couple little hacks there that are, I think, commonly known but rarely executed. For me, um, <clears throat> I'll be as short as possible here. My strategy now is much different than the past, and it's it's been a journey to get to where I am now to kind of, like, 
somewhat relaxed to kind of take all this stuff in stride and not stress about it and know that I can have uh, a whole bunch of chips and guac and like kind of whatever I want. Mm. Um, but there's where the, the deal is right there. The, the phrase, whatever I want. And I've gotten to a point where I don't really want the stuff that is actually bad for me. People like actually don't believe me sometimes. Um, for example, sweets, like we, we mentioned it before, like it's just not my thing anymore. I've largely avoided them to the point that I literally don't even want them. So to me, like I, I would go with the chips and the guac and salsa and uh, wings and all, all that type of stuff, which is probably gonna be a little better for me than having a whole bunch of sugar on that night personally uh, i know we can take you know the total amount of calories and we could talk about that too as well but for me um it starts like well before the day of and i've tried the strategy that you mm. had james and it didn't quite work well for me if the rest of my week wasn't in check mm. uh, so at one point when i was watching my weight very um uh, aggressively like trying to cut weight and i was in a deficit all the time and I wasn't eating much all the time, those days, the Super Bowl days, they would wreck me because I was so hungry at that point. Yeah. So if I, if I tried the strategy of not eating as much on that day to like try to help myself later and be in a deficit, I would just go crazy and I would have no end to eating at that point. And that was back, you know, weeks before the behaviors that led to that. And it was sort of that um, super restrictive diet into like kind of a binge day into a restrictive day back to a binge yeah, day and yeah, it was just yeah. all over the place so now i've gotten to a point um where like i allow myself to eat a lot of food and like if you, if you guys ever seen my stories when i post like what i eat in a meal for lunch sometimes uh, the volume is crazy the amount of food like if i weighed the food the weight is a ton but it's generally calorie sparse food so like the food isn't super calorie dense but it's high in nutrition and it tastes good because my wife makes it and she makes things taste good and that's her specialty. So I eat a ton of it. Um, and therefore, I'm pretty much satiated all week long. So heading into Super Bowl, for me personally, I just ate normally the whole day of and I didn't feel the urge to go crazy at night. And I just kind of ate uh, more processed kind of, if you will, junk food. Like, you know, I think everybody will understand what that is uh, more than I normally would. And I definitely had more alcohol than I normally would on a Sunday night. And I probably didn't have as much water as I should have, to your point. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's really complicated. Uh, I've been all over the place with this. You're so smiling. What are you so men, if you're listening, <laughs> make sure you get your kids out of the house and take them for a car ride so your wife can make amazingly delicious, healthy there food. There we go. We're right back to where we started. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, 100%. Like, uh, I think there's there's definitely ways to cushion the blows of days like that. Um, but I guess, you know, more importantly, like hearing people chalk up the loss and say like, yeah, whatever, let's eat everything. Let's not work out. Um, and I feel bad about myself the next day. I feel like those are things that, you know, we're constantly dealing with questions with people uh, with, you know, comments like that where we're trying to, you know, quote unquote, cushion the blow of those days or of those weeks and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's a great mindset to have is especially it's essentially like kind of kind of know you're going to lose going into it, but don't lose so bad, like you said. And like then just relax. It's not going to be that bad. But if you have that mindset of like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to win, so I'm just going to lose really bad. <laughs> then, you know, you're going to be in, a, in, a, in a, a deeper hole to come out of the next week or weeks afterwards. Yeah. Um, so if I'm being honest, I probably lost that day. Uh, in my current training, it doesn't matter right now. Like I'm trying to be in more of a, a calorie surplus anyway, not a big deal, but like the amount of alcohol I had that night, the amount of non-nutritious food I had throughout the day, including that night, I probably lost the day, but it wasn't as bad as if I just said, whatever, I don't care what I eat, I'm just gonna go in and like, do anything. 
Um, yep. So I minimized my loss too as well. Huge. Um, motivation is another little tangent, but um, a lot of questions for from people. I wouldn't say questions, just comments about like losing motivation. How do I stay motivated when they come in for their assessment saying, you know what? I used to love working out and then I don't know what happened. I lost it. Oh, and man, then I started yeah. working out and then I lost it. And then I started working out again and then I lost it. And do you know how hard it is to work out when you don't want to work out? It's impossible. It's literally impossible. Like you will not do it long term. So 100%. if you don't find a way, it's a serious issue. If you don't find a way to actually love working out, you are not going to do it long term. 100%. And it seems like the last couple of months, I guess since uh, since New Year's, we get some new people in. Mm. And uh, a lot of them have mentioned life cycles like that when it comes to training. And one, to hit on what it sounds like you're already touching on, is you, you have to enjoy your workouts. Like it has to be fun. And why I think a lot of people don't enjoy their workouts is because as they tell me the story of their exercise habits, they are extremists. Mm, yeah. They are dying every workout. Like, yeah, I went to this gym and I would just I would just die every workout. <laughs> I had such great results in one month and then I stopped. Well, yeah. why why do you think you stopped? Well, you probably stopped because you were sick of getting your ass kicked every time you walked into the gym to the point you were laying on the floor for a half hour. Um, and that may seem really beneficial in the moment, but then that day is going to hit you probably the day after the Super Bowl <laughs> where you're going to wake up on Monday morning and you're like, you know what? I am not getting up. I feel terrible. I'm not going to the gym this morning. It's just not happening. It's not in the cards. And then you do that once, and then you're like, you know, that extra hour of sleep wasn't that mm, bad. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't go tomorrow. Exactly. But I'll probably go. Yeah. You wake up Tuesday morning, two days after the Super Bowl, and you're like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to the gym today either. I'd love that extra hour of sleep again. And then the next thing you know, it's six months later, and you haven't been in the gym, and now you're a proper performance doing an assessment. I'm asking you why you think you haven't worked out over the last six months. Because, uh, you know, it's not nice to die every workout. Who wants to do that? I mean, I enjoy the pain to some degree because I know it comes with progress as well. And I've had those workouts where I died. But there's no way that I'm going to do those workouts every day because guess what? You're not going to make progress and you're not going to see those small wins and improvements and you're not going to get the feel-good chemicals, whether you know that happens or not, to, to be more likely to go back. Like essentially your brain says, hey, this was great. And then we're going to reward you with some good feeling chemicals right now because you beat your time on this and you got a little more weight on that. And you got a couple more reps on this. But if you die every time, you're going to start going backwards and then you don't get the feeling of progress. And then like, then what are you doing? You know, are you really going to wake up or are you going to take that extra hour and not die? Yeah, exactly. And um, I think for, I think for me, like this week, that's a perfect un unintentional segue. This week, I'm supposed to die. It's the last yeah. four workouts of the program I'm on, and I cannot wait to get this week over with because then I get to start something new next week. So my carrot at the end of the stick is next week, but this week I'm supposed to pretty much die every workout, which I'm looking forward to because it's only happening a few times. <laughs> if you told me that what I plan on doing this week in the gym I had to do for the next eight weeks, I would not do it. No shot. And I love working out. I love the gym. If you told me that I'm going to go 10 out of 10 in every single workout for the next six to eight weeks, it will not happen. At some point, something's going to give. I'm not going to feel like it. I'm going to wake up tired one morning and say, ah, you know, I can't give the effort necessary to really get the full benefits of this workout. So I'll just push it off to later. And then later becomes the next day, becomes the next week. And then next thing you know, again, six months have gone by. 
Uh, so motivation, sustainability, like how do you stay motivated to work out? Probably don't go way too hard, way too soon. And then probably don't take it way too easy on yourself every single time you go in. And then probably try to do something that shows some sort of progress, uh, whatever metrics you want to measure, whether it's body weight, whether it's the weight that you're using in the gym, whatever it is, have some sort of metric that keeps you motivated because you're seeing progress in the numbers that you find to be important. All right. Well, where are we? I don't know where we are. We're in, we're in the middle of tangent land. Yeah, right and now. I'm not even done. Oh, uh, I'm not even done. So next tangent. So that was just a dramatic pause. <laughs> this is the part of the show that John doesn't know is happening because I'm, I'm nervous to tell him because then he's like, no, we shouldn't talk about that. So you know what, John? We're talking Drop about it. Drop some bombs It's right too now. late. It's too late. You can't overrule it. Um, but customized and personalized services. So I had a bunch of meals uh, delivered to me this week. And I dealt with two different companies. The first one, I uh, just made my order, picked it up great you know the food was pretty good i liked it uh, second service same type of deal um it's one of the members uh her boyfriend has the um has the food service you know, if everyone's seen like the the eat clean bro and stuff like that where the food comes in the tupperware and it has like a certain amount of calories certain amount of grams of protein and whatnot um so in the situation of uh one of our members boyfriends i um i was talking to him about his meals and, um, you know, for lack of a better term, made a recommendation of like what I would appreciate more about the meals in just terms of like, you know what, I eat enough stuff throughout the day that I don't think I need uh, things like this. And I probably wouldn't want more of that. And his response was like, yeah, cool. It's like, we'll just adjust your ounces. Did you tell him how many Oreos you had? How many <laughs> well, well, that's that's why. Like, I need a protein overage, and I need an everything else shortage. <laughs> that's what I need. I have to make up for the Oreos. <laughs> so if I could, if I could have uh, my chicken with my Oreos, we're on the right page. Um, and I actually think that may be an exact quote from our text conversation that we were joking about. Uh, but basically, he's like, all right, well, let's let's increase the ounces of protein, and then we'll decrease the ounces of carbohydrates, and we'll add some vegetables. And I was like, whoa. I was like, you're, I didn't know the rules could change. Like, I thought, like, when I do this, I order what's on the menu and game over. And he made a manipulation to what I wanted instead of what he typically would just package up and send out. And I was like, that's really cool. I'm like, I feel compelled to continue with this service, not only because he made an exception, quote unquote, for me, but also because now I feel like whatever I wanted better fit my goals. And then I thought, wow, it's like the nutrition prep performance. <laughs> <laughs> From the programming standpoint, like it, it's the first time I'm like, you know what, maybe that's things that we think are so obvious and common sense of customizing a program for each person. Some of these people may have come from these gyms that they've never experienced um, someone hearing them out. <laughs> they've on never their had chicken with Oreos before <laughs> <laughs> until they get here. Post workout, baby. Uh, but they've probably never had that experience before of someone saying like, "Oh, what do you guys like? What do you guys think should be the goal uh, in this next program? What do we really want to work on? Um, are you guys happy with the performance of your squat? Do you want to increase weight uh, in regards to that?" Are there particular muscle groups, for lack of a better term, that you want to train more of? Um, are there things that you really dislike, that you hate, that make you not want to come to the gym? Um, are there things you don't want to do? You know, like no one's ever heard them out. And then, you know, say what you will about how much we take into consideration those actual requests. 
uh, but we listen to everybody and then we kind of try to give you enough of what you like to keep you motivated while also making it as high quality of a trading experience as humanly possible for your, the results you want. So I felt like there was a there was a really good moment. It was a really good moment for me to see as a customer someone provide a service for me that felt like it was customized despite it not being really sold as a customized product. And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's how our customers feel because I really liked the feeling of being able to voice my opinion and basically just blindly give feedback, not asking for an exception to be made. Um, just gave some feedback on what works better for me in this instance. And then this person is being like, all right, no problem. Let's make that adjustment. And uh, all right, we're good to go. It's, uh, it, it's this much. It's this much money, and it'll be there on Sunday. You know, the point I'm like, you know what, I'll actually pay you more because I just mm. feel like I should pay you more after you doing this. So cool. Good negotiation. They just reminded me that last night uh, one of our members was finishing a program. Been here for a little while, pretty high level uh, individual for working out, capable of a lot. And uh, I'm like, hey, you know, what are you writing on the program? You know, what are, what are you going to work on? He's like, oh, I don't know. Eh, not, yeah, whatever. I'm like, you're not going to write anything? Meh. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of dangerous. You leave it all up to us. Like, you've been here for a bit. Like, and then one thing led to another, and we actually ended up talking about how he had not come consistently in the last program um, because he didn't like it that much. And compared to the other programs that he had. So, and I, I was like, well, did you write down preferences? No, I left that one blank. And I was like, well, maybe it's time to, to work on some stuff that's more interesting. Because if you completely leave it to us, we're going to do our best to try to pick things that we think you'll like that are good. And then maybe we get it wrong that one time like we did. And you don't come as consistently because like we talked about before, your workouts aren't as enjoyable as they previously were. So now it's more of an obligation to do. Uh, so... Hopefully after that conversation, he decided to write down a couple things that maybe he wants to incorporate in the workouts. But just like you're talking about, now we can uh, see what he wants and we can try to figure out a way to blend you know, his goals to what he likes to do and try to put that into his program. Yeah. And just like you said, like <clears throat> anytime someone asks if they come over to the office and they're, they're slipping their paper in, like, I don't know what to write. I was like, write anything that's on your mind. Like, we'll interpret it. We'll do the interpretation of what you're saying. Don't worry about asking for the right exercise or, like, yeah, exactly. spelling it correctly. Exactly. Or, like, if what you're asking for is dumb, we'll do the interpreting. You just say what you want to say on the back of that paper. Uh, freedom of speech. Anything you want to say. <laughs> freedom of art sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures, words, whatever you want. some of the artwork we've got. Yeah. Hang it up on the yep. refrigerator. <laughs> uh, but anything you want, you just write it on the back of that paper. And then we'll do the interpretation and then we'll figure out how we want to program off of uh, what you need and what you want. Speaking of sheets. Whoa, these segues are crazy today. Intro music sheets. <laughs> okay, and that is where we're going to pause the episode for today. We'll get back to that next time. And I think that's going to be actually really enjoyable for some of you to clear up how you end up with a certain trainer on a certain day, why we can't always try to get you ahead of time to let you know which trainer you have of the day, um, and really the reason behind like dividing up the sheets and what goes into that and what our end goal is. 
So it gets a little lengthy because there's a, probably a lot more involved than um, most of you would realize. So you, you're probably gonna enjoy that, but that's coming up next. So for today, I wanna go over two main takeaways from the episode. This was actually a recommendation by one of our members, which I super appreciated, and I thought it was a really great idea. So we're gonna try today. Here's the takeaways. Number one, and I'm gonna come from this from a perspective of people who are trying to lose weight, um, whether that's you know the last five pounds, whether that is you know you're just starting and you're trying to lose 20 pounds. Um, that's the approach I'm gonna take for, for these days. So big event days, you are probably not going to make progress on that day and that is totally fine. Like we said, you're trying to minimize a loss because we're human beings and we want to enjoy things like big event days like Super Bowls and family gatherings. And we probably want to eat a little more on those days. Um, and that's okay as long as everything else is in check. So that's takeaway number one. Be okay with that. And if you are, then that's going to take away a whole bunch of pressure and stress from that day, which is going to be helpful. But here's some bullet points on takeaway number one. Get a workout in on that day. You know, even if it's cardio or strength-based, it's going to go better for you. You're going to um, be able to counter some of the calories you're going to have later that evening by getting a workout on that day. Limit the food potentially during that day. You saw that James and I had a different approach to that, and that's fine. So maybe you want to try limiting your food up to that point of that day. Uh, for me, personally, if I eat more before it, I am less hungry going into it, and because... Uh, we talked about like my whole week is kind of in check. My appetite is very well regulated and I probably won't eat that much or have the desire to eat too much when I get to a big event day like that. Uh, drink lots of water during the event. This is so underrated for weight loss in general, so underrated for um, a strategy all the time. Almost everybody needs to drink a little more water and there are no side effects that are negative from drinking more water. So like James said, if you have one glass of water between every glass of alcohol, that's going to greatly help you in the long run. Um, the long run being off a big event, it's actually the short run, I guess, the day after, uh, the days after, and during the, the event, you're probably going to eat less calories because you're going to have a little more water in your body. And then at the last bullet point I said is just have fun. Um, there's been times in my life where I've just completely not had fun uh, because I was really being strict on something. And, and let's be clear, there's a time and a place. We mentioned our figure competitors here on a podcast recently. There's a couple of those uh, ladies that are close to competition. It, that is not the time and place to go have fun at a big event. Unfortunately, if it overlaps that, they're going to have to bring their own food. Uh, they have a very specific dietary requirement, and that's just the time and the place. But for the vast majority of people, just go into it and have some fun and relax. All right, so takeaway number two is a little shorter. Uh, find a way to enjoy fitness. And I've been all over the place. You guys can ask me things uh, in the past that I've done that were not sustainable. But like James said with that food service, once he found out that it was customizable, uh, he was more likely to do it because it more fits exactly what he wants. So just like our programs um, and any exercise that you're doing that may not even be with us, make sure it's enjoyable. And let's be real clear here. It doesn't have to be enjoyable in the moment all the time. Most people who enjoy exercise understand that the, sometimes it's going to feel kind of awful uh, during exercise. Not all the time, and it shouldn't be all the time. And if it is all the time, you're probably going to have to find a different strategy to achieve that exercise or a different way to, um, to perform exercise when you're in the gym that you do enjoy more. So find something that you enjoy. I think sometimes the problem is people just don't know what they can do. 
For example, and this is a little bit of an extreme example, there's something called Olympic weightlifting. I think a lot of people haven't even heard about that, and a lot of people haven't tried it. And like, I didn't really know how to do it properly until a few years ago, and I love it. Uh, there's a huge technical component. Um, I get to lift weights that are kind of heavy, throw them up in the air, throw them down on the ground. Uh, if you've seen me doing it lately in the gym, there's been a couple jokes about me how I just kind of throw weights around, do one rep, and I walk away. Um, but like, I've ex- I've exposed past personal training clients to Olympic weightlifting um, after I thought they were ready and they needed something kind of fresh, and, and they loved it. It was very mentally engaging for them to try something new that was a little bit challenging that had a very technical component to it that they had to practice, and it was a lot of fun for them. That being said, in this particular scenario, um, there are a lot of prerequisites that are required to perform Olympic weightlifting safely. So uh, I don't want everybody to bum rush us and request Olympic weightlifting because they think it's this awesome thing now that I just talked about it. There's a lot of stuff that leads into us um, knowing that you can uh, properly do that and that you're ready for that. Uh, but there's pro- there might be other things. That's what I'm trying to say is that there might be other things that we can work on. Um, another example is like we can target more strength. So something I like to do is is increase the one rep maxes of my deadlift, bench press, and squat, and and you know stuff like that. So there are different avenues to approach that. So my training sessions look differently while I'm attacking those goals, which is mentally stimulating for me. And then you know after I've achieved some of those goals, that makes me feel good, and I can go back to some other stuff that I neglected to achieve the previous goals. Um, And then even once in a while, sometimes cardio times, like short intervals on the bike, uh, two minutes, four minutes for miles or something like that, like working on a goal on that. So um, the word I would use is I undulate back and forth between uh, different goals and what is required of me in the gym to achieve those goals. And that's what keeps me really engaged. Unlike a time, I I wanna say five to six years ago uh, when I, thought that a certain way to achieve a goal that I had required a certain type of exercise uh, being mostly cardiovascular exercise and I had completely given up all the stuff that I actually liked to do and I sacrificed that stuff because I thought I was doing the right thing to achieve my personal goal at the time by basically just doing cardio and it was such an obligation to go to the gym. I hated it. I didn't want to go anymore. I was trying to come up with excuses why not to go. Whereas before, I was the gym was something that I generally looked forward to. So now I was finding ways to try to avoid it on my way home from work, to try to make an excuse why I need to get home on the couch um, and not go to the gym. So that's, that's where it ends up. Um, and if you don't find something that you really like to do in some way, shape, or form, it gets really tough to achieve long-term fitness. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Those takeaways went a little longer. I think in the future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two-minute takeaways. I'm going to cap them to two minutes. Those were like five minutes or something, maybe longer. My apologies. All right, that's it. I'll pick it back up on uh, episode nine, and James and I will see you then. All right, sheets being your programs.